Just a quick reminder that you're listening to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. If you could rate this five stars on any audio platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all sorts of other platforms like that, then that would be massively appreciated. Right, back to the episode. Cheers. Absolute Bedlam. Nestled deep within the heart of Yorkshire lies a rum so smooth that once it passes your lips, you will never look back again. Combining the smooth tones of sweet fresh ginger, rich treacle and a lick of Yorkshire honey, Absolute Bedlam are proud to be partnered with the true Angel of the North. Two Lasses Spirits. Use code BEDLAMUK at checkout. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Absolute Bedlam Podcast. Now known as the Evil Show. How's it going? You alright? I'm doing great today. Thank you, Ben. That's okay. So yeah, we've got Jennifer from... MC Evol, a uh, musician from America, a Lit Hop Academy student. Um, so nicely into the whole academy learning side of things. I always ask my guests, how was child life? How was school slash high school for MC Evol? Well, it was a... The first part, I was pretty a pretty good rule follower, um, but then as I got a little older, I actually met my best friend, and she encouraged me to be less of a rule follower. Uh, so I, I know you've asked this question of other guests, so I, I gave it some thought before we chatted, and um, the one example I came up with was the massive, massive... Uh, party and betrayal of my parents that I orchestrated when I was about 16 years old. So, uh, you know, been, like I said, a rule follower, follower. Um, but my parents decided they were going to go out of town and they trusted me. So I thought, oh, this is my opportunity to have that party. And I did it. And it was pretty epic. And it was, you know, if you've seen those John Hughes movies from the 80s, um, that's kind of what I made happen in my house and it was wonderful and fabulous and I actually had to like drive my best friend home the next morning and I couldn't find my glasses I mean it was it was it was the best but then I also uh, my parents came home and they noticed that I hadn't quite gotten the house cleaned up and um, so I got the whole like we can't ever trust you again, Jennifer. Story and um, in the end, though, it was it was worth it. Absolutely. <laughs> they did eventually trust me again. Yeah. Was there one thing <laughs> that was like slightly out of place, or was there one thing that was was there a giveaway that you'd had a party? The giveaway was that 
everything was sticky okay. from things being spilled. And my mom was really, really, uh, really into having things very clean. And so she noticed. And then they started asking questions. And I, I think actually something had gotten broken as well. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it started to unravel and I was not a good liar. So I, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. folded pretty quickly. <laughs> Parents are hard, man. Like my friend, I had a house party once. I think I only ever had one and my friend turned my TV up to the maximum volume. And that was the only thing that my next door neighbors then realized that it was very loud in the house. So uh. that was the catalyst for everything. Um, and then my mum was like, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. And I was like, oh, no. Yes, and, exactly. Yeah, I, was just, <laughs> I had to climb this mountain to get the trust back. So I, I do understand what you're saying. I feel that. Yeah. So, yeah. We, um, we had a very similar experience absolutely. and reaction. Yeah. <laughs> so outside of partying and uh, driving your friends around, how was actual high school? Did you find it? grounding did you find something that you wanted to do out of it or was it just something that you had to go to and then you broke out after high school and you did your own thing from there oh it was pretty terrible i i grew up in um uh, brookings south dakota which is a small smallish town in south dakota which is a not very populated area and um, I just, I was too weird and I, I did not experience anything positive there. I was not normal and everyone around me was normal. There was actually a college in that town and my graduating class, 80% of my graduating class went to that college. They were all just there and that was their life. And I just, that wasn't for me. I wanted to break out of that. Um, but yeah, I had to, I had to basically be alone, except for my best friend and, you know, having a place to have a party, um, which is one of the reasons I had the party is because I'm lonely. Um, but I just, I didn't, I didn't have friends. Nobody understood me. I, I really, um, I didn't get to blossom until I got to college and then realized, oh, there's people like me in the world. I can have some friends now. <laughs> so, yeah. It was, it was not, it was not good. I did not like high school. <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough. Can you remember slash admit to the naughtiest thing that you can remember doing or being involved in at high school? I can't remember anything like super naughty at school in particular. Um, but I do remember something that I would always do to sort of tweak people was the clothes I would wear. Uh, and one day I wore my Frankie Goes to Hollywood t-shirt and I got chased around the school because I, I, I don't even know why I was chased, but I had my pin and my shirt and I felt so cool, so much cooler than everyone I knew. Um, and I got chased around. So I didn't really have anyone to be naughty with. Um, but as I got as I got older, I, I definitely encouraged my friends to, you know, do things they shouldn't do and, and just live life and um, yeah, do you know, be naughty later in life, I think is what is when it came out. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, you can do your own thing when you're uh, not underneath <laughs> your parents' house and all that sort of stuff. You can be a bit more independent and if you fail then 
you know, that's up to you and all that sort of stuff. You're not constrained to the boundaries of education and all that stuff. So yeah, there we go. So how did you first meet MC Lars? I first met MC Lars. Well, I first found out about MC Lars on Sirius Radio. He was a DJ. Um, and this, he just had this like effervescent personality. He was so positive. Uh, and then later, my husband found out, oh, hey, that DJ from Sirius, it, he makes music. He's MC Lars. So we started listening. I, I became just a giant fan. I listened for years and then um, had a chance to see him at South by Southwest in 2012. And uh, that was pretty cool. That was, you know, like I stood in front for the whole show. It was a nerdcore show. It was Schaefer as MC Front a lot. It was just amazing. And um, I literally stood there all night, like six or seven hours, which was really, uh, I, you know, I didn't drink any water. Yeah. Just out. That was the first time I met him. And then um, he came to Minnesota to do a show later um, in 2016. And he decided to add a songwriting workshop before that show. And I was like, oh, my God, a songwriting workshop? That sounds like fun. Because I've always been a writer, really like to write poetry. So I went to the songwriting workshop with MC Lars and... It was, it changed my life um, because doing the exercises, um, I just kept writing, writing bars after that. And I did that for like six to eight months and then realized I need to make music to go with all of this. I had this pile of words, right? And so um, I did research about that. Um, how can I make music? What can I do? And through that process, I ended up finding, you know, the DAWs, all the DAWs you have to pick from. I could, I didn't even know what DAW, D-A-W, meant. I, it was very confusing. But um, I chose something called Ableton because it had this cool, like, input device that I could get. Uh, and that seemed easier because I really don't play instruments um, except a flute, like when I was in high school growing up. And... Yeah, so um, I started to play with that, tried to learn how to make music on YouTube, and that didn't go very well. So about a year later, I um, did a search. I said, I need a class. <laughs> I can't do this on my own. So I went to um, search for class Ableton, Minneapolis, which is where I live now, and um, I, I kind of would like to be on Monday nights. That would be nice. That would be convenient for my schedule. And lo and behold, this thing comes up from this place called Slam Academy. They're starting a class for Ableton on Monday nights in three weeks. So I started taking that class. And that's where I started to learn how to actually make my own music for these words. Um, but it all came from MC Lars, and it all came from that songwriting class in 2016. Awesome. Love that. So, Andrew, that's his name, guys, MC Lars. Yes. His name is Andrew. Andrew. I'm not just <laughs> talking about some guy I met on the street called Andrew. Um, so, <laughs> he complimented me a couple of months back on a two-year anniversary episode that I did um, because he really helped me. Um, 
he provided me with a really good interview and it was nice when you speak to someone and you know it's them, it's not their PR person, it's not their manager, it's not someone that's a go-between. And uh, he was like, thanks Ben, you know, I'd love to come on your podcast and uh, promote Blockchain Planet, which is still available now, by the way, guys. Andrew, you absolutely have to send Free me the advice. The amount of promotion I'm going to give you in this episode is absolutely bananas. <laughs> um, and yeah, great album, fantastic album. Um, and yeah, he just seemed really like able to, because I'm, I'm quite a realist, but I sometimes come off as quite negative. So I was asking him how his son was and how he likes parent life and all that sort of stuff. And I said to him, do you realise how much sleep you weren't going to get when you <laughs> became a father? <laughs> and he span it around, like you said earlier. He's a very, uh, he's got a bit of a glow about him. And uh, yeah, I think he's a yeah. fantastic mentor. And uh, he's good at listening to people. And he's also good at giving little anecdotes. But he doesn't kind of talk for 30 minutes without letting anyone, you know, say anything back. So shout out. Yeah. But yeah, fantastic. He's also wicked, wicked smart. And he yeah. can synthesize things like this and just turn it around. And yeah, he all of those things, plus, plus, definitely. Yeah. So the Lit Hop Academy, did you find out about that just through this Ableton thing? Or did you find it like through Facebook ads or on a website somewhere? Or was it very much you saw a poster in the real world and you know, jumped on it from there? Well, I actually think I might have been the inception because, um, so I spent some of this time with Slam Academy, as I was saying, and got, you know, to the point where I was making actual music, putting that together with my words. And then I thought, I, I need, I need help. I need more help. How do I make, make these things into art? How do I do this? So I had been um, I had been a Patreon supporter of Andrew for a while, and I and had met him. Um, I think I'd met him a couple times after, you know, not just the shows in South by Southwest. And I reached out and I said, "This is weird, wacky idea, but would you have any time to, you know, spend uh, teaching me how to?" do this <laughs> essentially I'm not I don't remember exactly what my words were um, but then he he reached out and I was like yeah that sounds really interesting let's do do something so we started these lessons that um, very very quickly turned into what he called the lit hop Academy um, and then the pandemic happened so that that all started kind of right before the pandemic I think maybe 2019 or uh, the end of 2018, potentially. Uh, and then as the pandemic happened, you know, with the world changing, um, it gave him the opportunity to add new students and, and have like a real Lit Hop Academy. Mm. So yeah, I think I'm the first one. Nice. It must be wild to um, do that all online through Zoom calls and through a virtual platform and never actually get to meet Andrew. Um, obviously you met him in the real world first and then you transitioned to online but there must have been a couple of students that have just met him through this platform and this uh, interface so that must have been quite an experience for people um, do you do you still do it now do you have like a set time 
I do. Yeah, I'm still. Um, he's he's doing them monthly right now, and so I I'm a check in monthly. And um, this year there's going to be a, a Lit Hop Academy mixtape, so we're working on a track for that as well. That's cool. Love that. He's got some good ideas, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so many. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so we're promoting the. Is it the Lit Hop Lessons? Is that your most recent musical thing? That is the album, yes, that came out in October. And how has the reception of that been so far? It's been a really interesting experience in, in a good way um, because I haven't been, you know, I haven't been through that process before. It was the first album I ever released. So uh, I got so much good guidance from um, Andrew in terms of how to do that, how to approach that. And the reaction has been really really positive for me, maybe not like tons and tons of people, um, but I've, I kind of see this album too as just the starting point of, of where I want to go. You know, just at every, at every point in your creative process, just kind of, all right, this is this phase now and this phase. So um, I really appreciate uh, how everything came together and I got to feel really proud of this work. Um, and I'll probably keep talking about it for a long time because things, Absolutely. you know, things surface at different times, right? Sometimes something might be ahead of its time or behind its time and, and the relevancy there can, can be, uh, it, it changes based on what's going on in the world. And a lot of my music is, is more, it's less timely or I mean, it's more timely. It's less tied to the specific thing or event. Um, in in most cases, yeah, yeah, it sounds very uh, robotic and very sort of futuristic and cybery. Yeah, it's got a very sort of um, MC Lars sense about it, where you're not afraid to use words that make you think, rather than you know, I went to the shop and I bought some food. <laughs> um, you're you're using long words and you're finding beats in the background to syncopate with those things so if you're about to use a long word then you'll find the rhythm to allow that word to be said properly without it getting cut off halfway through so yeah i'm enjoying yeah, it it's, it's been really thank you sorry it has been really interesting to um figure out how words and beats come together and how you can manipulate things to have them be different than sort of the norm but have them still work aesthetically yeah absolutely lots of experimentation i'm into that yeah yeah awesome so what is your new creative process like now that you have a mentor compared to back in the day when you said you were writing poetry what's the sort of number one thing that you've realized that you needed to change or you're still changing to this day? I think creative process is always evolving, right? Um, so I was, I was just telling MC Lars about this, how I'm working on how to shift my process this year so that I can put out more singles and so that I can be better at the production of the music. Um, I have a producer I work with a lot, but I also want to be able to do my own so that I only have limited time to spend with that producer. Um, you know, so that means there's only limited time to get the music out 
So in terms of process, it's really figuring out what you're good at, doing that, getting better, more efficient at that, and then in terms of the things where you need help, making sure you're kind of maximizing where you're getting that help too. So um, this year, it's about that, like how can I evolve it so I can, I can do more, I can put more out in the world, more singles. Um, and, and a part of that is just because I have so many songs. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if they're not out and done, then they're sort of like living in my head. And, and that can be really challenging when you've got like five or six little things dancing around that you're trying to, you know, bring to fruition. <laughs> How do you feel when songs get released into the world when you press like publish to Spotify? Do you feel a sense of relief that it's now not in your head? Or do you get a feeling of when you listen back to it, some people don't listen back to their stuff, some, pe some people don't even watch their own films, I think Leonardo DiCaprio is a good example, but do you feel sometimes like, oh man, I could have added a drum beat to that, which, you know, is this ever-changing, like, what is a finished album, you know, how do you know when stuff's done? What, what do you think about that? I think um, I try to live with no regrets. So I, I do like to listen to the old things I've made, but they're done, right? They're done. Um, and something that MC Lars says a lot, which has really been helpful, keep it moving. Keep it moving. You know, you can't let things just sit and, and be in your, um, everything can't take up that much space. So if there's more things, they each need a little less space. So if you're thinking about, oh, I could have made that better, then you're not thinking about, you're not moving forward. So keep it yeah. moving. Nice. Love that. Awesome. Um, last question I'm going to ask, and we'll go to a quick break, is okay. how have you used R Drive personally and in your work? Um, and R Drive, you absolutely owe me money for mentioning R Drive. <laughs> <laughs> How have you found well, that? we just put the Lit Hop album up um, about uh, a month ago. So, and then we did a podcast talking about that. So, what I'm hoping to do this year is I want to I want to release the singles on our drive first. Is is kind of what I'm thinking, and then put them out on the other other players. Um, but put them there first because I think that'll be just an interesting kind of way to think about how they go out into the world, how they stay in the world. And, um, yeah, so I will have more on that later Nice, Love about that. how that goes. Awesome, because I know Andrew's obviously quite deeply involved with our drive and uh, yeah. I need to give it a go myself. I'm planning to actually get someone from our drive on the podcast at some point, but I want to try and Excellent. space things out because I've had, you know, MC Lars on twice. I've had Cowboy Coda, who I might mention in a minute, yeah. and I've got... MC Evil, so I want to try and space it so it's not just like crypto blockchain month. And yes. Then, you know, <laughs> if people aren't interested in that, then they'll be like, oh, I'll just skip the next five episodes. And I want people to listen to you every episode because, you know, I put a lot of effort into this, guys. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, awesome. Right, we'll go to a quick break. We'll talk about playing live next and uh, concert experiences. And um, yeah, thanks for sticking around and thanks for listening, guys. I'll speak to you shortly.
Recording stopped. Right, so MC Evil's back and she sorted her hat out slightly. If you're watching this on YouTube, then you can have a look for yourself. Um, so playing live, obviously it's important for an artist to be able to perform live and to be able to perform, you know, a catalogue of work, the finished product. Um, what's your experiences with playing live? Um, and have you got any planned for the future? Playing live is still a huge uh, chasm in my work. So I have not played live as MC Evil. I have definitely done lots and lots of performing in my past. Um, I've got a theater degree and a lot of spoken word kinds of performances. Um, but I focused first on figuring out how to make write the music, to make the music, and now I think that'll be the next phase, is figuring out how to play live. Nice. So, I'm going to keep going back to him, because obviously he's your tutor and your mentor. MC Lars yeah. used to play, I think it was something like 250 shows a year at one point, and he would just take a laptop to a gig. And I inadvertently saw him at a charity festival really, really close to my hometown in the UK quite a while ago. Um, but I was kind of helping run the event, so I wasn't really too at the centre of everything. You know, I wasn't really going as a spectator. Um, but have you got some plans to do that? And when you do play live, it's important to be adaptable in terms of as a rapper and a nerdcore artist. Are you planning to play the show with a backing track, or are you planning to play the show as a full backing band with session musicians? I would likely do it with backing tracks. Um, I think what ultimately I'd love is to have, um, you know, dancers and, and other people like that um, as part of a show and a performance. So I, I think I would think about my performing live more in terms of a show because of that theatrical background I have and probably less performances um, as I go into that component or aspect of my career. That's how I would think about it. Um, I also do want to correct, I have been, I have performed on stage as MC Evil twice with MC Lars <laughs> doing the Raven puppet. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Get that on YouTube, guys. If there's a video out there, I'm sure it's up. Fantastic. Um, gigs with Cowboy Coda or anyone of that nature. Have you got anything in the pipeline to go on tour? And, you know, say that does come to fruition, then what would your sort of arrangement be for opening main support headline? Like for a show? Yeah. I don't know. That is a that's a really great question. I I don't have an answer though. I'm sorry. That's alright. That's fine. I'll have to uh, get you on some gigs at some point soon. Because uh, I know MC Lars has a ton of connections, and I'm sure he can hook yes. you up with a UK tour. Would you be open to that, or would you like to play locally in your area and then spread out, or would you like to just get your passport, hop on a plane, and go anywhere i think it really would matter where the fans were at 
right? Yeah. If there were if there were fans, then yeah, I think that would be amazing to go play for those fans. Yeah, I think a lot of it is the headliner brings the people, and the yeah. opener and main support kind of, in a way, they kind of. Well, I don't know what the expression is, but they they feed off of that audience. Like, if I get a really big guest on here, then a lot of that person's audience will come over and listen to some guy from the UK talk a load of rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully, through doing that, you get bigger as a person and you develop your own character and then everything starts going your way and you get bigger guests and everything grows together. Um, have you met? Exactly. Have you met Cowboy Coder? I haven't met Cowboy Coder. No. Not yet. Is he close to you? I don't really know how the U.S. sort of state map works. Really, I can't really remember where he's from. I don't remember either. I don't think so. I don't think so. Let's have a look. Let's have a look live. <laughs> I know I've got him in the Twitter DMs because I recorded an episode of him probably about six months ago now and he was lovely i can't remember his real name yeah i listened to that episode it was good yeah thank you yeah he's doing all sorts of stuff at the moment oh yeah okay i made friends of a robot this weekend mc Lars. <laughs> yeah retweeting things oh bless him he's retweeting some of my stuff that's nice I'm so sorry, Cowboy Coda. I cannot remember your name. Oh. But there we go. Yeah, I'm sure I'll remember it as soon as I press recording stop. Absolute bedlam. Anti-spirit, based in Bournemouth, UK. Dorset Botanical Seaweed Vodka. So I met these at Bournemouth Air Show two years ago. And I wanted to get them on the podcast, which I've done in the previous episode. And I wanted to speak to them and promote their products because I think they're onto a winner. So this is vacuum distilled for fresher flavours. Lots and lots of different seaweeds go into this amazing vodka. Doesn't taste like the usual stuff that you get from the supermarkets. It's got a bit of a sort of story to it and a bit more of a twist. It's had some awards and I'm hooking you guys up. If you go to www.shantyspirit.com and you type in the code Bedlam discount for either 20CL or 70CL bottles, then you'll get 10% off your purchase. Shanty Spirit, drink to enjoy, drink responsibly. Absolute Bedlam. Um, yes, exactly. That's all right, so next question. Is music a hobby for you at the moment? Is the plan to eventually be able to make a living out of doing this? Or are you quite happy to just leave it or just see what happens and see what comes out the other side from relentless hard work, relentless touring, and probably waking up to the phone in your hand recording a beat in the middle of the night? I have a day job that I truly love and um, music, I want to make the music I want to make. I want to make the art I want to make. Um, so my day job lets me do that. Um, so definitely I would say in the hobby space, but you never know what happens in life or where things go or how things shift. So 
So I'm always open to possibilities um, of things shifting and changing. But for now, uh, as I as I develop the craft and still have to figure out how to perform live, I am not making any plans to make it my living. But um, I feel like what the art I'm making is is unique enough that there are some people out there who need it. So I'm going to keep making it. And uh, I feel pretty lucky to be in that position, definitely. Because I know there's a lot of people who have this passion and they don't have the ability to, you know, to, to, to get the, the tools or to have the space to, or have the mentors um, because, because they don't have those resources. So I feel really fortunate to be in this position of it, it being my hobby yeah. and my art. I will say as well to the people that are thinking about pursuing a career, be it writing music, be it playing music, being a session musician for another band, or just starting your own podcast, first thing that I will always say to anyone is just start doing something because it's going to slowly start eating away at you. Um, I'm very lucky that I've got a very good microphone. Um, I've got a pretty decent phone, which I use for notes and all that sort of stuff. But ultimately, the reason this begins and is a thing every week is because I am consistent. And it's yes. great being able to write a song a year and it's the best song ever made. But you need to, like we said earlier before the break, is keep it going. You need to build up a rhythm and you need to fight that voice in your head telling you that you can't do stuff because that voice has claimed way too many people's minds now and uh, we all need to break out of it and just try stuff you know just do exactly. it and if it's rubbish then take it down <laughs> unless it's on yeah. the blockchain oh, well. in which case you can't take it down <laughs> <laughs> Don't put it on the blockchain if you're worried about yeah, that, yeah. right? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a bit of a silly question. Favorite animal and favorite animal noise? Oh, definitely dogs. I love them so much. I've been actually really sucked into Instagram dogs lately. That is just a deep hole. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. And animal noise. That's a great question. Probably the caca, caca. I don't even know what animal that is, but I think that noise is my favorite. Probably going to say a crow or a bird. Something like Some that. Some sort of yeah. raven, maybe, crow. if you remember the. Maybe a raven, yes. Full circle. <laughs> Full circle moment. Um, best gig you've been to as a spectator? You can have more than one if you want, because obviously that's a big question. Okay. Well, this isn't actually a gig, but it is the best live thing I've ever seen. Uh, it was Lily Tomlin and her performance of Search for Intelligent Science of Life in the Universe, because she plays about 40 different characters. It's amazing. Okay. <laughs> Check that out. And then... Um, in terms of live gigs, I would say my favorite have been Laurie Anderson shows. Okay. Performance artist, arts Laurie Anderson. You have to send me and that. then in terms of most fun, I have to say my uh, 
the Four Horsemen, okay. <laughs> which is uh, MC Lars and Schaefer the Dark Lord and MC Frontalot and Mega Ram. Yeah, Mega Ram. I was meant to get him on at one point, but we just couldn't quite pin a date down. Connect. So I might have to pick that back up at some point. Yeah, um, he's wonderful. Have you met Brendan from Wheatus? He occasionally pops up on stage randomly from the sounds of it. I haven't. He, we usually see them in Minneapolis, and yeah. I don't know if Brendan's ever here. He's such a nice person. I definitely recommend speaking to him. He's just so humble and down-to-earth. I yeah. love that. I love that. When yeah. people, you know, they've had success and they're still just wonderful humans. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Um, so many people who are not like that, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> They're the ones that stick out as well, which is annoying. Um, right? You get all the attention. <laughs> yeah. Favorite film slash screenplay? Harold and Maude. Okay. It's a really old one. Really old one. Okay. <laughs> I love that one though because it's this. The do you know that? Do you know the movie at all? No, I'll have to check it out. Okay, so it's um it's a young man and a a, a grandmotherly aged woman. I think she's in her seventies or eighties, maybe. Um, and they kind of like fall in love, um, sort of. But it's just it's this really interesting adventure that they have, and it just it's just so life affirming uh, in terms of and funny in 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 silly ways. <laughs> Have a look. Harold and Maud. Harold and Maud. 1971. I know. I was <laughs> minus 18 years old. Wow. Yeah, I'll check that out. It's only an hour and a half, so I'll give that a watch at some point. Sometimes I struggle with, like finding these things now that we live in this world where everything's like Netflix, Amazon yeah. Prime, um, what's the other one? I can't remember. But yeah, I find uh, old so films really There's difficult to, yeah, obviously in the U U US you've got stuff like Hulu and all sorts yeah. of things like that, haven't you? And, um, and all the networks have their own, like I think, you know, in the BBC you just have the BBC, right? Yeah. Yeah, we've got iPlayer. iPlayer, okay. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. Yeah, I'll check that out, definitely. So, we're running out of questions. <laughs> we're going through this very, <laughs> very quickly. Um, uh, what can I ask next? So, next chapter for MC Evo is live. Have you got all of the gear ready for that? Are you ready for the challenge of getting up on a stage and playing to people? I think that is probably a little further out. Um, but I've definitely been thinking about what I need to do. I have my, I have a, a live mic. One thing I want to explore in terms of performance and live performance is also virtual performances. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of interesting things happening um, just in terms of you know, avatars or uh, different ways that things can manifest. And I'm really, really interested in diving into, you know, doing it in a different way. Because I kind of tend to 
not do things the way other people do them. And it takes me longer sometimes, but I, I am able to find things that really work for me. So in, in terms of all of that experimentation, um, I still need to get a body of work. I feel like more, more, you know, I was, I was listening to, um, a YouTube, like set of YouTube videos about music marketing this weekend. And, um, the advice they were giving was, you know, you've got to have like 50 released songs before anyone is like really paying any attention. So I'm not there yet. <laughs> so I think it's it, like creating that body of work and then simultaneously thinking about how I can do it faster, but also how I can perform it and kind of bring it to life, right? Live performance, that's bringing it to life. Are there other ways to do that? That's kind of some of the things I've been thinking about. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, it's important to have a, a theme and when you're changing it and evolving and coming up with different concepts and you're still being MC Evil, but you're trying a different sort of spin on everything. I think there's a there's a good band that I don't really listen to anymore, but I need to get back on it, is uh, Billy Talent. Mm. I think they are a really good example of they change their music a lot, but they're still centric to the Billy Talent universe to the point where if you could listen to a couple of lines of one of their songs, you'd be like, that's Billy Talent, that's Ben on vocals, and that's Ian Desai on guitar and stuff like that. So, yeah, so, yeah lots of uh, things coming forward then, lots of things to look forward to. Also, I think it's important to think about collaborating with others yeah. to stretch yourself and see how you how you intersect with that right and what what can come out of those collaborations i've been lucky enough to have two of those one with mc lars and one with beefy um and it's just really fun to work with someone else and like see what they bring and and how that evolves and shapes and shifts it i am open-minded to like i'm not precious about anything because yeah that's silly like you're better off if you you do a million things and just like keep going and you know the preciousness just makes everything really rare and just too i don't know preciousness isn't good in my yeah. opinion <laughs> yeah the future is collaboration and allowing yourself to give music to people and they can put a spin on it and give it back to you and they'll say what yeah. do you think of this verse Rather than being like, yeah. this is my castle, stay out. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, eventually you're going to exactly. put it out into the world and people are going to tell you what they think of it, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so, that's right. That's, that's right. If you're lucky, if you're, yeah. you know, otherwise, if you hear nothing, then, you know, that's almost yeah. worse in some ways. Yeah, <laughs> this is just a question for my own personal sanity because I. The Absolute Bedlam channel on YouTube, I don't know if people have noticed, but I've been going pretty hard on Prime Energy. So in the oh. US, in Walmart, have you seen Prime at all in the supermarkets over there? What is it? It's a no, hydration I drink. I did have a oh, 
okay. don't have one anymore. There's a no. lot of me chugging it in the Harbinger episode that I did recently on YouTube. It's okay. a blue bottle. Okay. But there's so many different flavours and stuff. And it's Logan Paul and KSI's um, business that they've just started about a year ago. Okay. They were recently on the Super Bowl commercial. And they're yes, looking at getting a billion dollar brand very, very quickly. And apparently in Walmart, you can see all of it. Whereas in Asda, in the UK, you very rarely see anything. Interesting. Stuff's just gone. As soon as it touches that shelf in the UK, it's gone. So I just want to know if it's that bad over there for you. I, you know, I drink a different hydration drink. I won't say the name because okay. it's, you know, we're just going to talk about the other one. But, um, no, I didn't know about this phenomena. Ooh. But I can understand. I mean, hydration drinks are, everyone is talking about hydration these days. That's yeah. that's the new, the new healthy thing to do, right? <laughs> yeah. Stay hydrated. It's true, signed, though. It's really true. <laughs> signed to the UFC recently, so they're not slowing down anytime soon. Um, okay. Now that I've mentioned it, you'll probably see it more. Like the, uh... I will. <laughs> but if you've ever played Grand Theft Auto, but when you get in a car, you tend to see that car a lot more. It's yes. like a weird phenomenon where uh, we're consciously looking for things without realising. Isn't that interesting? We had a really interesting experience this summer because we bought a car that almost no one has. And so we don't see it everywhere. But, you know, um, it's it's an Ionic 5 from Hyundai. And they only sold, I think, like 40,000 of them in the U.S. Yeah. Um, so we, we see all of them that yeah. are out there. But there aren't very many. Yeah, but yeah. it's true. That's happened to me every single time I've gotten a different kind of car. <laughs> nice. Love that. Every single time. <laughs> this could fall flat, <laughs> this one, because I try to reserve it for group interviews. Because if someone okay. hasn't had an experience, then there might be someone else that has. But I am on a bit of a paranormal binge at the moment. And I want to know mm, okay. if you believe in any of that stuff in any aspect, like crystals, energy, um, illusions, paranormal experiences, if you've had any. The floor is yours. I, I am a tarot card reader. Okay. So I, I can read your tarot sometime. Um, and I also believe that there's all kinds of things we don't know. There's all kinds of things science hasn't discovered. There's all kinds of things about physics we don't understand. There's an entire universe out there that is, you know, galaxies upon galaxies. That, so, I mean, I think all of these things are possible. Yeah. There we go. We Keep just don't know everything. Keep it open-ended. I like it. I like it. Um, so, yeah, if you do have a paranormal experience, we'll have to get you back on and we'll have to discuss I it. I did actually I did actually have one that was okay. um, a, a friend of mine was really, 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 really sick. Um, she was she had terminal cancer and um, the the night that she died, I I I knew it. I, I, I felt it um, and I like I felt like a whisper um, 
so I, I had forgotten about that. But she's actually, I wrote a song about her. It, the song is Ishtar. Um, and that was about her. And so I think she said goodbye, actually. And then I had one other, um, like I have these feelings. Those are the paranormal experiences I've had. One other one when my aunt, um, who I was really, really close to, died. And then I had a really weird experience the night before nine, September 11th, 9-11. Uh, um, I, I, my work told me, uh, we need you to go to New York, um, or no, it was Detroit. We need you to go to Detroit in the morning um, for this contract we're trying to win, et cetera. So I was, so Monday night, I was um, preparing to go on a, a trip to Detroit on 9-11. Um, and then I, I met my husband somewhere for dinner and as I was driving home, I just started weeping <laughs> and I didn't know why I was like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's really, really wrong. And I just had this feeling that something was very wrong. And, um, I, I thought someone was going to die. I felt like someone in my family, something's going to happen. I called all of my relatives. Um, and then the next morning, I um, obviously it was 9-11. We, my coworker and I landed in Detroit about 20 minutes before the planes hit the towers. And then as we were driving to the client where we were going, my husband called me. And this was back when cell phones were new, newish. And yeah. you know, 2001, mm -hmm. and he hated this. He never called me. And I was like, Oh, that thing that happened last night, he's calling. Oh my god, you know. And I answer it planes are flying into buildings. Are you okay? Oh my god, and I immediately knew I was like, Oh my god, that's what it was. That's what happened last night. So I don't know if those are paranormal, but this kind yeah. of kind of paranormal, bit of intuition. And uh, predicting the yeah. future, but not necessarily knowing what the future is. Just having that feeling of like, oh, something doesn't feel right. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Exactly. And just like overcome. I had I've never been overcome like that with mm. just like sorrow. It was very very strange. Yeah. I mean, remember it to this day. So. Yeah. Not wow. convenient while you're driving. No. <laughs> Oh God! I um, what was it? I think it was Saturday. I was driving, and uh, me and my son um, spend weekends together for the majority of time. Um, and I honestly thought I was going to die because I sneezed whilst I was driving, and it is literally like I hope that I can just keep hold of this wheel. <laughs> yes. I was like, that's terrifying. Like. Next time I know that I've got a sneeze, I'm going to have to pull over because one thing will happen, like, there's two things that will happen when I think I'm going to sneeze, is I sneeze or I yawn, and they both okay. require you to close your eyes. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I, I can't do this right now, body, I'm trying to drive a car, but my uh, body had other ideas, so there we go. Yes. Fantastic. That happens. Right? So it really does. So we're wrapping up now. So have you got any questions for me? You can ask anything you want and I'll be as honest as I physically can. All right. Um, what's your most bedlam moment, Ben? What's my most bedlam moment? 
<laughs> so the reason this is called Absolute Bedlam is because I find it quite hard to focus. And I like so okay. much stuff that I find it quite hard to keep up with my own thoughts. And it's definitely ADHD, undiagnosed ADHD. Um, but sometimes I accidentally interrupt people without kind of realising, because I'm just so excited to get my thoughts and opinions out that I end up apologising for like months afterwards. Um, most bedlam moments. Wow. Um, I'd say probably setting up OBS to record the podcast. Um, realising that OBS had an update pending. And Brendan from Wheatus jumping on the Zoom call. Like, I saw, like, my Zoom screen go from one person to two. And I was like, oh, he's actually shown up. Because I always have this thing where, like, if I book a famous person, sure. will they actually come to the dance? Or will they kind of say, oh, sorry, dude, I'm busy now. Like, four minutes before I record. Um, so that's probably one of the most bedlam moments I've had, um, where everything just became very real very quickly. Right. Um, but I'm looking to also branch out into reaction videos. That seems to be a hot thing at the moment. Okay. Um, I'm planning to do a UK game show podcast. Ooh. Um, so the UK game show is called Catchphrase. And I want, like, a sea of people all around, like, as, like, squares. And I want to host the game show and see how that goes. Oh, but fun. Be quite cool. But that's going to be a like nightmare to schedule because I'm going to have, like, <laughs> nine different people on the call. And people are very, very difficult to book, guys. If you are going to do this, then get ready to get messed around. <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably my most bedroom moment. So, there we go. Last question I'm going to ask, and then we'll plug all your socials and talk about the future, is I used to ask everyone what their go-to meal deal was. So in the UK, a meal deal is a main, which is like a sandwich, a wrap, um, a salad, anything like that, like your main meal. And then you would buy a side, which was like a crisp or a chip, or some sort of snack to go with the main. Or a drink, which could okay. be, you know, Monster, it could be a bottle of Pepsi, it could be a bottle of water, anything like that. But I've ditched that question now, and I want to know what your favourite fast food meal is. My favourite fast food meal? That's a good question, too. It shifted, it's definitely shifted over the years. When when I ate lots of fast food, it was, it was Burger King, Whoppers, and fried onion rings mm. um but now i don't eat things like that anymore <laughs> so i would say in terms of fast food it's probably gonna have to be um something from a coffee shop like a sandwich a coffee and chips nice like a local coffee shop or yeah, something like that. Any in particular? I love turkey sandwich. Yeah, turkey. Turkey sandwich. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> What's your go to coffee if you got a specific type that you like? Uh cold press. I okay. like it cold. Nice. There we go. So plans for the future. 
What does 2023 look like for MC Evil? What have you got planned? Lots more singles on the blockchain and then on other services. Um, and then just evaluating how that goes and, and what's, what that means and how that shifts things. Uh, and lots more um, time educating myself around music production so I can actually get them out there. Nice. Okay. Whilst you're doing all that as well, try not to be too harsh on yourself because I find that I've got this self-imposed level of responsibility now where I'm stacking stuff up. And it's important yeah. to breathe because fundamentally what we're doing as creatives is a hobby. And if it becomes more than that, then that's fantastic. But sometimes I approach these Zoom calls like another job and sometimes that is not a good creative thing. So uh, yeah. learn to breathe and uh, let the things wash over you. I say that with like the most intense level of who have I got next week. <laughs> so, <laughs> just this constant thing in my head going all the time. But yeah, it's been lovely speaking to you. And uh, too, Ben. We'll, we'll have to uh, meet up at some point in the future. And uh, I yeah, hope so. It's been, it's been good. So. Shout out Cowboy Coda, shout out MC Lars, but most importantly, shout out MC Evol. So we're looking forward to the future. Thank you. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening, watching, viewing, and subscribing. And I'll speak to you all soon. Keep it bedlam. Goodbye. Absolute bedlam. Hello. Today I'm promoting a product called Set Surf 100% mineral sun cream, safe for sensitive skin and children. So we've got some products here. So we've got SPF 20 lip balm, mineral sunscreen, SPF 50 and water resistant sun cream. And my favourite, rash cream. So when I was out jogging quite a lot, this saved my bacon when I was uh, running at stupid speeds, believe it or not, and uh, going stupid lengths. And uh, rash cream definitely helped me out. So yeah, reef safe, coral safe www.setsurf.com shop the range use the code bedlam20 for 20% off at checkout let them know that I've sent you and uh, yeah enjoy absolute bedlam